0: I'm Joyce Hornady. You might say accuracy is my business. I make bullets. You are listening to the Hornady Podcast. Thanks for joining us
1: and enjoy the show. Hello, everybody. Thank you for tuning into the Hornady Podcast. I'm your host, Seth Swerzyk, as always. And I'm joined today, senior Ballistician Jaden Quinlan. Jaden, thanks for coming on the show. You bet. Now, this one, I'm going to call it the old QC, the old quality check, the old Quinlan's Corner. <laughs> <laughs> uh, although it's not as technical as uh-huh. what we've traditionally done. Okay. And there's a big group of people out there that enjoy our podcast, mm-hmm. that enjoy you specifically on the podcast because of the technical nature of what you do for work mm-hmm. and what you bring to the show. There's also a bigger group that enjoy the podcast, and a lot of that technical stuff can't be put into practice form. They're just not there yet, and that's okay. Yep. And what we've talked about is – Growing up shooting stuff far away, you know, where you couldn't afford a scope good enough to dial on. So you had to trust that the mill dots were actually a mill apart and just figuring things out and then introduce ballistic calculators to the equation. Mm-hmm. Um, notably, first one I ever used was jbmballistics.com. And, you know, when you're young Jaden learning how to shoot stuff far away, there was a lot of teeth cutting just from missing what you were aiming at.
0: Oh, yeah, that, yeah, that, that's the hefty how hefty majority. Happened. Yes,
1: yeah. 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 So, I'd like to explore kind of a long range made easy, if you will, where you've got a guy with a gun Mm -hmm. and, and we've got cool race gun setups. We've got PRS and Interall Hunter and precision hunting setups and all these cool cartridges. Well, let's talk about the guy that's, maybe he's got a 270 and it's a nice rifle and it shoots well and he's got a good quality scope on there. Maybe not with turrets on it. Maybe it does, Mm -hmm. but shooting past three or 400 yards There's a lot of unknown. So Mm -hmm. let's try to save that guy some ammo. And we're going to skip some formality. We're going to get some technical details, potentially, I don't want to say wrong, but not the most correct in the the effort of efficiency. Sure. Just how can we quickly put rounds where we want them? And I'm going to say long range, but as you know, the further you get away, the more critical those little details are. That's right. So let's say you got the guy with the rifle and it shoots well and he's got a scope and you just want to hit something, you know, a steel, obviously you don't go out hunting uh, at ranges that you shouldn't be hunting at, but you want to hit a piece of steel, really start stretching the legs. Mm-hmm. And for me, I think that really starts at about a quarter of a mile and goes to maybe five or 600 yards. You yep. know, you can do a lot wrong from a calculation standpoint and, and get away with it. You can hit what you're aiming at because the bullet gets to the target so quickly. Mm-hmm. So let's do some long range made easier or uh, what Jaden did as a youngster trying to hit stuff far away to get bullets on target so you weren't missing.
0: Cool. Yeah. And I
1: feel like we can both relate to that.
0: Yeah. I'm, I'm definitely smiling inside hearing you say that because that's the road I walked down. So uh, I guess maybe if I was if I was to recommend things to myself back then, you know, with the setup I had. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, I started with a 22 Magnum. Um and I I think I've talked about that before in other places, but uh had just a basic duplex reticle in it. Then I got a 30-06. Uh Mark gave me it, my first centerfire what rifle. What a jump. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> uh so it was a 30-06. It also had a duplex, so second focal plane. I'm sure we'll get into that topic a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um but but kind of the cookie cutter American setup of probably 2010 and prior right And there's still a lot of guys setting stuff up that way today because that's what they're familiar with and it works Uh, and it works and cost-wise you know you go look at scopes and and a basic duplex scope is hundreds if not thousands of dollars cheaper than the other stuff that's out there that's more fancy so so how how can you use that kind of entry-level common robust widespread system to, to shoot longer range. Well, the, the first part is to understand what the rifle's capable of. Um, good point. So this would be a throwback to like the, the groups are too small podcasts. Yeah. Um, if you, if you don't have a strong understanding of what you and the rifle and the ammunition is capable of from like a grouping standpoint, Mm -hmm. uh, you're, you're, you don't have a solid foundation to start off of. You don't have the ability to make any judgments of yeah. if there's a problem or not. Did I
1: miss that target because I held the wrong elevation hold or because it's simply shooting a big enough group out there? Right,
0: right. Yeah. And so from a very basic standpoint, you can think of your your rifle as producing a cone of fire. You may have heard of that term. Um, you think of it as like a light beam, like a headlight. You know, the yeah. farther away from you get from the light source, the the wider the beam gets. Your rifle does the same thing. Yep. Um, so understanding, you know, at a hundred yards, if, if you shoot a bunch of different samples, uh, and you know, on average, it's a, an inch rifle, you kind of have a starting point now. Mm-hmm. So you know that, okay, well, if it's an inch at a hundred, the dis that's called dispersion. We went through that in the, I think the dispersion podcast, right. Um, that that's not going to get better. So that inch at a hundred, it's, it's pretty linear at the distances we're talking about, you know, yeah. out to four or 500 yards are a little more technically correct, uh, out to about a half second time of flight. So that means my one inch, uh, group at a hundred is going to be two at 200, three at 300, four at 400. Well, that's important to understand because if you go to shoot that 400 yard target and it's a two inch target at 400 yards, yeah. you already know, well, just by the cone of fire, I'm not going to hit this thing every time. So if you miss it, you're, you're not just freaking out and trying to yeah. figure out what went Or wrong.
1: making a correction.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So we have, we have to understand that first. And I did a lot of that when I was younger, not necessarily by, by laying down and shooting groups on paper or whatever, and assessing the capabilities of the rifle, but, but by, by keeping like a running tally in my head of, of what was normal at, at mm-hmm. a given distance, because this is a concern for many people today. And, and we've been beat up on it a little bit, you know, like on the sample size podcast stuff that, man, yeah. I can't, I can't afford to go shoot. 20 shots to determine what this is, you know, like uh, ammunition's expensive. So yeah, time's expensive. Yeah. So what I would do is as I was shooting, a lot of times it was prairie dogs or coyotes or, you know, pop bottles or whatever it is that you do as a kid, kind of kept a running tally and you can, especially with prairie dogs because their size is so similar. Mm-hmm. Um, i kind of, kind of had like a reverse hit probability running number that was generated in my head. Like if it's a prairie dog, get a hundred. I'm going to hit it. Every I'm going to hit it every time. If it's at 200, maybe, you know, every, I'll hit it seven out of 10 times or something like that. Right. So you can do that either way. If you want to lay down at hundred yards and shoot groups, that's great. That's mm-hmm. the more analytical way. You can probably get a more finite answer that way. Sure. But if you don't have the resources to do that or can't afford to do that, just kind of keep that running tally in your head of, of what that yeah. system is doing. Um, so that's, that's the basic understanding of the cone of fire then we have to start to compensate for external ballistic factors. Right. So first one being gravity drop. Well, if you take any, you know, catalog or go to a, a manufacturer's website, our website, most of the time they'll print off or, or provide a basic trajectory, right? Mm-hmm. And that's usually set at standard atmospheric conditions. So your conditions will alter that a little bit. But like you said, it's, it's not immense changes within the ranges we're talking about. And you go in there and you look and you'll see that most cartridges and bullets do very similar things out to three, four, 500 yards. All of the trajectories are within a couple inches of each other.
1: Generally. Yeah.
0: I mean, you're going to have outliers, right? Absolutely. Those, those definitely exist. But but again, we're talking a guy that's probably using a common cartridge, a 30-06, a 308, a 223, a 270, you know, that's that that bread and butter rifle type system Mm -hmm. that we talked about those trajectories are all fairly similar and what you'll you know what you'll see is if you if you zero at 100 yards then at 300 you're probably going to be about a foot low and then at 400 you're in the mid 20s you know it it kind of follows the same trend and so you can start to use that to compensate for bullet drop so if we, a lot of times you'll hear us talk about minute of angle or, or mills, which are both angular uh, units of measure, but inches is kind of a universal. We don't right. have to convert anything. I can look at this coffee cup and say it's 10 inches tall. And if it's at 500 yards, I still have that same reference, right? That's probably yeah. a 10 inch tall coffee cup. Um, so you can use that when you're optic doesn't really support the use of those angular measurements
1: right if you don't have a reticle that's got subtensions in it in mm-hmm. minute of angle or or mill and you don't have a turret that's that you're dialing on that's right
0: and even if you do you might have a second focal plane scope which are very common because
1: they're they're more economical they, yeah. they cost less money a lot well, of people prefer them for hunting as well just because mm-hmm. that reticle is easy to see at three power as the same as 12 or 15 or whatever it is yeah exactly um But if you have that second focal plane scope,
0: understand that if you have, you know, uh, stadia marks in your reticle or some sort of values in your reticle, the 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 values of those are going to change size as you change magnification. And this is a big issue with guys that kind of advance past the duplex and go to the basic BDC or bullet drop compensating reticles, Mm -hmm. um, where they have kind of the you know, you zero it at one or 200, and then there's a line for 300, a line for four, a line for five. If if you start messing with the magnification, you're going to change the spacing of those lines in relation to the target, which will will affect where you're holding from like a bullet drop perspective. And and it doesn't work real well for that. So that's something to keep in mind. But back to the inches thing, you can use the inches no matter what it is. If it's a BDC reticle, a minute reticle, a mil reticle, second focal plane, front focal plane, none of that stuff matters. Even if you're using open sights. I mean, today, I think most of us are using a Uh, Magnified optic of some kind. Exactly. But, but don't pass up the open sight capabilities, you know, so you can, you can use that to judge it as well. So, you know, if, you know, I've never shot past a hundred yards and all the trajectories in this book are pretty much showing, uh, it's about 12 inches, a drop to 300 and you're at the range and there's that 300 yard target. That's always been like gnawing at you. You know, you see other guys show up with these fancy setups and Mm -hmm. they hit it right away or whatever. And you want to take your first shot at it. Well, you can, you can generally figure out, well, that's about a foot high and send it. Yep. Um, so the, the inches is very valuable for that. And I kind of keep that in the back of my head, even with the really advanced way I do things now,
1: you know. Yep. Prey yeah. dog fields are a great way to really practice that because in a lot of cases on prey dog towns, I'm shooting. Yeah. Duplex reticles or, or fine crosshairs or something. And, you know, okay, I, I know I'm 14 inches high at, at, or low rather at 300 and whatever yards. Mm-hmm. And then you can, okay, I know a prey dog's about this tall and I can hold here. Uh, it's a good way to practice that. Yeah, absolutely. Find the latest shirts, hats, hoodies, and accessories that you see here on the podcast and much more at hornadygear.com. maybe backing up a
0: second another really important piece is to establish an accurate zero just as important as understanding of like what you and your ammunition and your rifle system is capable of is establishing an accurate zero so that means don't go out at 100 yards and have a pie plate with no aiming reference and shoot three shots and say yeah it pretty much hit and the middle of the pipe or where I was aiming or whatever, mm-hmm. try to be a little more diligent than that sure. because those errors in the zeros will, will creep up and, and really kill your capabilities.
1: Yeah. If you say you're zeroed at a hundred and you're basing calculations off that, but you're actually zeroed at 170 yards, let's say mm-hmm. eventually that'll catch up to you. That's right.
0: That's right. And that brings up another one of, well, where do you zero? Is there an optimum place to do it? And, and there certainly is. Um, generally a ballistics calculator is going to be your friend with this which is kind of out of the realm of of a lot of this application we're talking about right the guy that that has that basic rifle he's never used a ballistics calculator and maybe doesn't care to you mm-hmm. know or it's, uh, the accessibility thing is not really a problem anymore it was when you and
1: i were kids yeah uh smartphones now you got them yeah the hornady ballistics app it's got ford off it's got a standard ballistic calculator free of charge download it on your phone today that's right so with with that said,
0: there is a point where you can zero and have essentially the the mitigation of errors or the or the balancing of errors. So you might say, well, I'm not going to be perfect. Um, I'm going ha- to accept a little bit of error in in where the bullet hits versus where I'm aiming. If I zero it at 100 yards by 200 yards, I'm you know three inches low and 300 yards I'm a foot low. If I zero it at 200 yards, now I'm you know, inch and a half, two inches high at 100, that's an error I'm willing to accept. Every target I shoot at's going to be bigger than that, so I won't miss it. But now at 300, I'm only, you know, five or six inches low, and that's easy. You know, you can kind of play with that to, yep. to help, uh, you know, balance where your errors are and give you a little bit more capability and range estimation error, because that's the other issue we see with a lot of this is if you have that super basic setup and you can't afford the more advanced stuff, you might not be able to afford a range finder.
1: Yeah. Or it might not be useful to you. Like, yeah, you, you know, affordability is one thing, but if it's like, I don't need one mm-hmm. and just, I, I, yeah, I want to slap that steel at 400 yards, but I don't need to spend money to do it. You know, it just right. be cool to do it. Right. Yeah. Yep. And range estimation, gosh, going back, it, it quickly changed, but man, do you remember well, pivots were obviously a big one because a lot mm-hmm. of times that was nice to have a, a pivot, uh, center pivot irrigation as a reference for distance. But the earlier rangefinders, you could range 200 to 300 yards on a good day. Mm-hmm. So if you wanted to shoot to 500 or 600, you had to, or in my case, put a flag in the ground and then drive the truck back and then range the truck from the flag. Yeah. Uh, and so the, the ability to get a good range now is easier than ever.
0: Absolutely. And you still have those old methods like the, the football field method where you know how many football fields is it between me and the target. That, mm-hmm. That's still useful. Um, range estimation will play havoc on you with different environments though, like a very flat environment versus, you know, a mountainous one. Like mm-hmm. you you can be way off and it does not seem right. So, I've been there. Yeah. Uh, practicing that if you didn't have a, a range finder. I mean, a range finder helps you practice mm-hmm. it because then you know that distance, but but uh, even if you don't, you know, most people have a cell phone now. Uh, You can get a a mapping app on your cell phone where you can plot distances in there. So just to practice range estimation, you can, you know, turn your GPS on, it pings where you are, and you can say, okay, that tree over there, I think that's, you know, 340 yards. And then you can measure that on the map, and you can see if you're right, and you don't have to, to buy a rangefinder to do it. So that's a big technological advantage yeah i wish i had that when i was a kid no kidding yeah it was like w- what you said pivot you know pivot uh tire uh well spacing spacing yeah. uh telephone pole spacing mm-hmm. you know the stuff that's standardized in the world you can kind of use that as a judge too that's true um so that zeroing pieces is, is very important to get you know make sure make sure it's accurate and then you can try to to pick a spot that most benefits you with what you're trying to do um the other important part of the like gravity drop and and how much we need to hold high is the velocity part of the equation. Again, as you look through like the trajectory table, you know on websites or in the catalog, you'll see you know there's a whole you know huge span of velocities that's represented there. So it's not super critical out to those three, four hundred yard, five hundred yard ranges. But if you know it, it's better, right? Well, Chronographs can be expensive, or, or radars, or whatever you're going to use. Um, but but back when we were growing up and shooting, those things were not common at all. Right. I mean, I don't think I, I don't think I ever even saw one available in a store. Like maybe you could order one, yeah, back then or something. I, I I don't know. So what do you do about the velocity problem? Well, most boxes of ammo will have a published velocity on them, and most of the time that comes from a standardized test barrel length. Okay. so the reason i bring barrel length into it is if your barrel is a different length than the standard that's going to change your velocity so the shorter your barrel is the less velocity you'll have the longer it is the longer or the more velocity you'll have uh, with a couple caveats there but but in general what you can what you can do there if you have no tools at your disposal is you have the box of ammo it it has a, a muzzle velocity on it most of the time for the common cartridges, it's going to be a 24-inch velocity.
1: And it'll say on the label, generally. What generally, the barrel length. it will. Yeah, I'm sure there's some ammo
0: manufacturers out there that don't, don't publish that on there, but um, generally it will. But let's say we have that out 6 or 308 or those common cartridges, and, and I have a 20-inch barrel. Well, my box says 2,800 feet per second should be my muzzle velocity. My barrel is four inches shorter. In general, in general, you're going to gain or lose about 25 foot per second per inch. Okay. So you would, you know, I'm four inches shorter on my barrel. I would subtract 100 feet per second from that. 2700 is about where I should be. Now, that's not going to be your exact velocity because your barrel is unique and it will interact with that ammunition in a way that produces a unique velocity. So the best way is to measure it. Um, But that will also help you in using that basic trajectory table that you're looking at for those inches, if I have that 20-inch barrel, I'm probably going to hit a little bit lower than the basic trajectory says at like four and 500, to a growing degree, right? Mm-hmm. So maybe I hit an inch lower than it says at 300 and four inches lower at 400 and six inches lower at 500, for example. You can just start start to hedge your bets a little bit. Um, but the best way to to do all of that is what's called dope
1: Mm -hmm. right oh yeah
0: so you you establish that good zero um but as far as figuring out where i need to hold to hit a target at a given range is dope and that's an acronym that stands for uh, data off of previous engagement which means you go out and you shoot and you see what happens and you record it and then in a notebook now you know what happens right um nowhere near the level of efficiency or or uh ease as the modern day ballistic calculators but that's the way it was done for a very long time that's yeah. definitely how i started
1: yeah i've um, still got a usmc issued green monster for my 65 creed or excuse me my 308 winchester that the first rifle i started shooting competitively in every weather condition i ever shot in yeah and it's like it wasn't necessary at the time but uh certainly not necessary now with what we have for technology but a great reference and Again, on previous engagement, so you go out, you establish what it did. So now, the next time you go out, you can go back to your notes and go, "Oh, I shot at this range before, and here's what it took to make a hit." Mm-hmm. Exactly.
0: Um, so that that's a great tool. And another place that becomes a great tool is when the wind starts to blow, which mm-hmm. we haven't talked about yet. No. Um, this is again a place where where ballistic calculator is really your friend um, because the amount of wind deflection that you have is a function of the speed of the wind, how fast how fast it's blowing, but also the direction of it. And usually it's never a perfect crosswind or a perfect head or tailwind. It's always coming from a little bit of a headwind or tailwind or something like that. So Mm -hmm. um the keeping a record of that stuff is very useful because you can document that very easily. Right? The wind was coming from this angle, draw an arrow in your book at about this speed and I shot and hit off the left side, so I need more, right? You can kind of make some generalities there. So um but you can be surprisingly capable with having very limited equipment and very little knowledge if you just spend the time behind the rifle yes yes and you establish that solid foundation mm-hmm. what is my rifle ammunition and me capable of establish the good zero and you can do those two things at the same time to, to yep. save yourself some some effort hornady
1: outfitter ammunition is now loaded with hornady cx bullets Its optimized monolithic design, combined with a heat shield tip, offers extended range performance, enhanced accuracy, high weight retention, and deep penetration. Outfitter Ammunition features corrosion-resistant nickel-plated cases that are sealed watertight, designed to perform under the toughest conditions. No matter where adventure takes you, trust your hunt to Outfitter Ammunition from Hornady. Now the, the
0: next step up would be, can you use your equipment more efficiently. Right? This is kind of like the how to figure that part out, but how can you use your equipment more efficiently with if you're stuck with that second focal plane, let's say duplex reticle, as you adjust that reticle, the the spacing between the center crosshair and the post, the big fat post down at the bottom is going to change on you. Yep. And so as a kid, I had started to observe that uh as I changed magnification, that changed and that that's, that's essentially a way to compensate for bullet drop. And so you might be able to figure out that, oh, at 600 or 700 yards, if I set it to magnification setting eight, let's say just to pick a number and I hold that fat post at the base of the target, I hit the target at 600. So you can start to stretch into those territories where it's like every little thing starts to matter. And this, this, equipment I have should not be able to do this, but you can start to do it. Yeah.
1: And I think a big one, like we, we mentioned, you have to spend if you're if this is the equipment you have and the method you're going to use to try to hitch some stuff far away, you know, do do some target shooting, you have to spend the time behind the rifle. To mm-hmm. to to one, establish dope that's useful in varying weather conditions, varying wind conditions. Uh it's gonna take some time to do that. And you can marry that with establishing what ammo is most accurate from your rifle, practicing your shooting fundamentals, establishing a good zero. Mm-hmm. And like you mentioned, it's almost taboo now, but back then, you, like you mentioned, you can become surprisingly proficient in putting shots where you want them with really no tools at all except for ammo and a rifle and then you know the nut behind the bolt yep. that does the work. Yep. So let's, let's shift gears a little bit from that guy to now maybe someone who's a little more savvy or somebody who's willing to download the Hornady Ballistics app on their phone. And I think this right here is going to hit the lion's share of our listener. Mm -hmm. They've got a rifle, they've got ammo. Let's talk about how simple can I make that four to 600 yard shooting using a ballistic calculator? You know, we'll talk about Ford Off specifically because I think some people get wrapped around the axle on how powerful Ford Off is. Mm Mm-hmm and how mu- much how many variables that they can adjust yep and that's true there's a lot of variables and you can make that calculator and if you use it correctly it's singly the most accurate commercial trajectory prediction on the market period there's nobody else out there and i'm hoping that the industry is driving forward and there are other manufacturers in the industry working on modified point mass solvers similar to Fordoff, because mm-hmm. that's that's the future um But it doesn't have to be that technical. Again, if we're talking that kind of pseudo practical long range, if that's a made up term, between that quarter mile and maybe 600 yard line, it can be pretty darn simple. Mm -hmm. So uh, let's shift gears, kind of go through that same thing that we just talked about. But now let's introduce, okay, we've got Hornady Ford off on our phone how simple can we make this?
0: Yeah. Well, there's a really nice feature within that app. Uh, so you, you, have two sides, you have the Ford off calculation side. That's the, the, you know, super precise, more advanced version. And then there's the BC side of the app because not every bullet is, is in Ford off. It's not really applicable for that level of calculation. Sure. Your, your traditional hunting bullets, a spire point or a V max varmint yeah. bullet,
1: SST hunting bullet,
0: right? Those are all going to be housed in the BC, uh, side of the app. Uh, but the real useful part for the, for the guy that's, that's just starting into this, you know, kind of capability pursuit is the ammo library. He's likely oh, sure. shooting a factory load, or maybe he's reloading or hand loading and, and has a load that duplicates. fairly duplicates the, the factory load, right? Okay. So when you go in and you pick a, a given load from the ammo library, it'll preload the velocity for you and the bullet information for you. And then all you really have to do is tell it if you want stuff in inches or mills or minutes, um, how high your scope is mounted, where you're zeroed, and you can run calculations. Yeah,
1: and they won't be exact, but they're going to be a lot closer than that's eh, 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 about right. 14 inches. Right. Let them have it. Way closer than
0: I looked at this catalog and it said you know yeah. you know 42 inches at 500 yards, and then you go out and spend you know a box to two boxes establishing that well when i hold four feet high i still hit six inches low so it's not 42 inches out of my setup it's more like whatever you know yeah uh because there's cost and and time associated with that so it it can save you a lot although although that can be a crutch right technology can be a crutch because if your phone is dead or whatever it may be you don't want to fully depend on it i think there's still a ton of value in starting in this basic way where you start with those inches and you kind of have that stuff in your head Mm -hmm. uh, because that's always there you can always use it yep um but the app makes it you will be more successful more often and quicker
1: absolutely Mm -hmm. awesome so you you select it from the ammo library that'll pre-populate it into our ballistic calculator that uses bc Mm -hmm. and if you don't go through the ammo library, you can still jump on the BC calculator. There's a tile for BC calculations mm-hmm. and, uh, you select your BC, either a G1 or a G7. Mm-hmm. And after that, after you select that, and then on the off side, if you're using a, a bullet that's appropriate and, and is listed in off, all you do there is you go in and s- physically select the exact bullet that yeah. you're shooting.
0: And we did all the work for you.
1: Yep. Yep. So uh, all right. You, you either have your ballistic coefficient input or on the Ford offside, you've selected your, your bullet. What's next?
0: Um, if, again, if your, your barrel length is a different, uh, length than what would be standard, you can try to, to correct that velocity a little bit. That's definitely going to help you at the four five, 600 yard type stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, about 25 foot per second per inch. Yep. Um, Now, the the other part of the calculation is describing the environment
1: to the calculator. Well, let's, before we get there, quick to mention, ballistic uh, calculators really depend on how fast the bullet starts at the muzzle. Mm -hmm. And chronographs are way more widespread in the last five years than they have been the last 500 years, obviously. So um, if you have access to one, if you can borrow one, rent one at the range uh, or have one, That's one of the variables that you can know with pretty darn good certainty what Mm -hmm. it is with these modern chronographs. That's right. um, If you can get a hold of one of those to get a good muzzle velocity, it's going to pay off for you in more hits when you pull the trigger the first time.
0: Yes, absolutely. Good
1: point. Good point. Um, So in the environment.
0: Yeah, so environmentals, uh, things that are going to affect your trajectory are temperature. Uh, air pressure, which is mainly a function of the altitude that you're at, but can change it even at a given altitude based on the high and low pressure fronts that come through from from weather. Right, uh, low pressure is generally associated with storms, maybe coming in. High pressure, there's really nothing. Um, and then humidity is another one. Humidity is probably the 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 least important one on there. Um, but what do you do if you don't have a kestrel or some sort a weather of weather meter? Uh, a weather meter. Mm-hmm. Well, you have a bunch of things at your disposal. Some of them are built into the app. So, within the app, uh, generally you can know about what your altitude is, right? Yeah. Um, when you plug in an altitude on the app, it will auto correct the pressure for you based on what's standard at that altitude. It can't account for the high and low pressure fronts that come through on weather systems, um, but that's a pretty small change okay. compared to just being completely off on your pressure itself. Yeah. So, if you don't know, if you don't have any sort of Uh, measurement stuff. You can simply plug in that altitude. It'll auto-correct a pressure for you.
1: Yep. And altitude, you know, you can get from, there's an app on your phone for free that'll tell you what your, you know, it's got an altimeter in your phone. Mm -hmm. And if you have a smartphone and have the Ford off app, then you can download the altimeter app and it'll tell you what your elevation is. Or like you'd mentioned, I mean, I live at 1940, like that. You just know that, you know, a lot of us do anyway. Right. Um, So there's a couple different ways to get in elevation obviously a weather station like a kestrel makes it really easy 100
0: percent um and then so so temperature is going to be your big one right you can kind of get your pressure based on your altitude uh humidity you can take a swag i mean if if you don't want to touch it leave it set at 50 percent and then you've normalized your error you know, if you're in more deserty type environments, it's probably going to be lower than that, unless it's raining or snowing or something out. So you can hedge your bets down to maybe, you know, 25 or 30 or something. And same thing on the other end. You're in the southeastern part of the United States. It's usually pretty humid down there, mm-hmm. you know, so you can kind of make some, some, some guesses there. But again, it's not going to—a a large error, a, a 90% error in your humidity is not going to cause a hit or a miss at— four or 500 yards. The The impact is very small at those ranges. Okay. Yeah. Now, temperature, temperature is a big one. Um, so how do you assess temperature if you don't have any equipment? Well, one is just by feel, right? You you generally know as a person um, when you start to get cold enough to put on a sweatshirt mm-hmm. or a coat, or it's really, really cold, yeah. you know, and then same thing on the hot side, right? So you can kind of make some generalities, maybe in like 10 degree chunks Mm -hmm. of about what the temperature is just by judging it now you're going to have some error in there but uh i think you had mentioned like well what about your truck most most trucks or or cars have a temperature uh, output great use that uh driving through a small town on the way to the range what does the bank say you know so you have those tools at your disposal then obviously we all have small smartphones get on get on the yeah get on the weather app and see what it says and plug that in it's better than than nothing
1: Mm -hmm. Utilize your space your way with the modular Hornady Security Square Lock Organizing System. Mount the Square Lock panels anywhere in your home or shop, then attach the wide assortment of Square Lock accessories to securely store firearms, tools, gear, or any other valuables in any possible configuration. Keep your reloading bench or gun room organized with the Square Lock Modular Organizing System from Hornady Security. And then the last one is pressure. Now, like you mentioned, Ford Off will fix that pressure for you based on your elevation input. Mm -hmm. But if you have a weather station or a Kestrel, it's important to put that value in as accurately as you know
0: it. Yep. And that's the uncorrected
1: pressure. Right. So that can be confusing to folks sometimes. Well,
0: there's this corrected pressure and uncorrected pressure and there's station pressure and absolute pressure and all these different things. Well, pressure gets corrected. Uh back to a standard sea level. So if you're above a thousand foot of altitude and the pressure that you're seeing is like 29.9 something or anything in the 29s right there, that's probably a corrected pressure. Most of your stuff from weather for forecasting comes from, uh, is a corrected pressure. And the reason for that is because we want to see are there high or low pressure fronts going to be expected? Cause then you can kind of make a, a a guess on if, if storms are going to be mm-hmm. showing up or not.
1: But for um, the shooter, the yeah. bullet bullet doesn't care about if there's a weather coming, you know, a weather front coming in.
0: Yeah, it so, cares about
1: the, the pressure it's flying through.
0: Yeah, so to acid check your your pressure a little bit, and this is in inches of mercury, uh, inhg. Uh, generally, you can start it at even thirty, just as a basic number, and then subtract the altitude that you're at. Hmm. Uh, so let's say we're at five thousand feet then pressure should be somewhere in the 25 range. So 30 minus five. Yeah. If I'm at 10,000 feet, it's probably going to be around 20 inches of mercury. So that kind of would help folks to to understand, yeah. like, am I looking at a corrected one or not? Um, you can kind of use yeah. that.
1: And it's really helpful, like you said, if you have your elevation, that it'll correct that pressure for That's you, right. or excuse me, auto-correct that pressure in Ford Off. But again, if you have a pressure reading tool, it's important to, to put that in there. Mm-hmm.
0: Yep. And, and once you've got that, I mean, uh wind is your last piece of that puzzle yeah, so zero. zero well, oh yeah yeah you're zero obviously um but but as far as adjustments in the app mm-hmm. you know set it to the wind as near as you can tell what it is uh and then it's going to spit out your solution for you so it's yep. a, a whole lot easier
1: yep that's on the wind thing uh if you have a wind reading tool obviously that's the the benchmark standard if you don't the way that i was formally taught to guess the wind is what i'm going to call it mm-hmm. um uh, primary marksmanship instructor, Sergeant Linquist uh, taught us as, uh, to, to block the wind in five mile an hour increments, because mm-hmm. we could generally be good enough to call wind roughly in about five miles an hour. And, uh, and it's actually worked pretty well for me, but he broke it down to little, little, which was zero to five little lot, which was five, 10 lot, little, which would be 10 to 15 and lot, lot, which is anything <laughs> North of 15. Yeah. And, uh, Generally sub 10, you know, if you have a little, little, zero to five or a little lot that five to 10. And if you split the difference in there, is it perfect? No, but it's certainly better than just running a trajectory with no wind call whatsoever. That's right.
0: Yeah. I take a similar tack to it. I just do bigger chunks. So I start at around 10 mile an hour. Do Mm -hmm. I believe it's greater or less than 10? And if I believe it's less than 10, maybe I just go to five and I run that. If I believe it's more than 10, run a 15. Mm-hmm. And if I don't know, kind of feels like 10, then run a 10. Yeah. And and that bracketing will at least like yeah. you said, at least get you close.
1: And again, at the distances we're talking about, which is a guy with just a a normal rifle trying to hit some steel at 4 to 600, mm-hmm. that's going to get you real close. That's right. Yep. And if you miss or you hit, that just puts another another piece of data in your Rolodex of dope, essentially, you mm-hmm. know, whether you're recording it in a notebook or not.
0: That's right. Yep the one thing that'll wreak havoc on you is the wind angle or the direction that the wind is coming from. Sure. Because we like to think of wind in, in you know human terms as very round and even and symmetrical numbers. It's coming straight from right to left or straight left to right. Um, but all too often it's not. So um, one thing that I like to do on the app is I kind of play with the wind. There's a wind wheel in there and you can play with the wind angle. Mm-hmm. And, and generally you're not going to know the exact direction it's coming from, but you have... Uh, like some believable limits. I could believe it's coming from as far as this or as far as that. And then you can kind of see the, the
1: impact of that on your, on your trajectory. Yep. And it can really be that simple. Mm -hmm. Jump in the Ford off app, go to the ammo library, select the ammo you're shooting, or go in the Ford off app, select the bullet you're shooting. The calculator needs to know how fast the bullets leaving the muzzle. Mm -hmm. We've talked about some ways to, to get that or to approximate that. Uh, using the the box on the, you know, what it's printed on the label, Mm -hmm. adjusting for your barrel length, or getting a chronograph is the best way. Calculator needs to know where your rifle is zeroed. A lot of guys will zero at 100 yards or 200 yards, let's say. Uh, So it needs to know where you're zeroed, needs to know the environment that you're shooting in. It'll want to know how high your scope is mounted over your your, uh, center of your bore. Mm -hmm. You can use dial calipers the most precise way, but Again, if we're just trying to hit a piece of steel at four to 600 yards, you could grab a tape measure mm-hmm. and, and get a pretty darn accurate measurement that way. Yep. And it can really be that simple. Put that, that data in, calculate a solution, tell it you know, how far you want to shoot, and that's going to be really, really darn close. Mm-hmm. And for the practical ranges we're talking about, you know, four, five, six hundred 600 yards, and if you're just shooting a piece of steel that's two minutes big or, you know, a, a pretty good-sized chunk of steel you'd probably be surprised how often you hit that piece of steel right off the bat with just some basic information. That's right. And a lot of that can be gleaned from the box of ammo you're shooting, the catalog, like we talked about the website that we talked about. And one thing I would recommend to folks is the app is free. Just download the app and play with it. Mm -hmm. You can do that in your recliner during a TV commercial. Yes. You know, just open the app and, and start playing around with it and, You'll be surprised on how simple it is. And we have the Ford Offside for our ELDX, ELD Match, the CX Bullets. Um, We've got a bunch of Burgers and Sierras and all these other brands of bullets represented in there. Mm -hmm. And if your bullet's not supported, jump over to the ballistic calculator side that uses a BC, and you can really actually get some pretty accurate solutions with some pretty entry-level type information. Yes, absolutely. So... Long range made easy. It can be that simple. You need to know how fast your bullet is leaving the muzzle. Mm-hmm. You want to know how fast your bullet's slowing down, either with a BC value, a G1 or g G7 BC, or using Ford off. You need to know where the rifle zeroed, mm-hmm. and you need to know kind of what environment the bullet's flying in. Right. With that, you take a stab at the wind, put it in the calculator, and you're, you're making shots.
0: Yeah. And if, 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 uh, you don't have access to that or your phone is dead, pull out that old book and, and yeah. look at how many inches a drop is in the table or is on the label uh mm-hmm. on the box of ammo, um, and and run with it. You'll be you'll be surprised to see how successful yeah. you can be at those at those uh type of ranges we've been talking about. Um another another thing to think about too is uh let's say on the on the label it shows a hundred yard zero, two hundred yards zero. But we're zeroed at one hundred yards you can look at the 100 yard portion of the label and it says you're hitting an inch and a half high. So you're hitting dead on at 100. That, that error is going to be at all ranges after that. So if it shows me hitting an inch and a half high, but I'm actually hitting dead on, that means all the following ranges are gonna be low by that angular amount.
1: Okay, so inch um, and a half at 100, three inches at 200 etc etc all the way down the line right
0: so then you can tack that on to what the label says because your zero is not the same but to to account for differences in zero that's just a essentially a fixed shift Um, but it will be angular so you can't take the inch and a half and just add an inch and a half to your 500 yard number on the label and and impact your you need to go five times that
1: yeah so very interesting and very helpful and again, just trying to make it simple. And I would encourage the listener out there, if, if long range is not your game, that's, that's fine. But it is really fun if you've if you got a hunting rifle and you've really wondered what kind of, you know, can, can, could I shoot something that far away? You know, mm-hmm. if, if I had a target, you know, if you're in the Western United States, if I can go pick out a rock where you got a piece of steel hanging out there, could I hit that, you know, reasonably often? Mm-hmm. And you'd be surprised with what your Hunting rifle that you've never shot past two or three hundred yards can actually do. Yep, it would surprise you. Absolutely,
0: it's a blast. There's there's nothing more fun than than uh, trying out what we've discussed here and having success with it. It's a blast. It's so much fun.
1: Well, like I said, I would encourage everybody to go out there and do that. I would also encourage you as you progress through that that you know as the ranges start to get extended, your demand for precision will also increase, Mm -hmm. and the off calculator. Can handle that, and we won't get into them all. But man, between zero angle and you know establishing that good zero with a high sample size, like we talked about, and getting a really good muzzle velocity using certain tools that are available, mm-hmm. and setting the calculator up precisely, you can get first round impacts at distances that are unheard of mm-hmm. when you use that calculator uh, correctly. So yeah, for those out there, go out there. You want to do this safely but take your 270, take your ammo, establish a good zero, find a target, you know, get a good range, make sure your target's got a backstop. Of course, again, you want to do this safely, but uh, go have fun and stretch the legs because it is a good time. Yep. Yep. uh, That's something, you know, we mentioned that you want to have a good backstop. Every time you pull the trigger, you own that bullet from the moment it leaves your muzzle until it hits something. So for target shooting for that long range stuff, uh, make sure you're in the right environment to do so
0: yeah and that's a good point to bring up you know don't don't leave this conversation having never done this before you've only shot to 100 yards and and you're going to shoot that longest gong that's at the range you go to don't start by just well i'm going to hold high see where it hits because they said you can do that and it's that you know dead off previous engagement thing mm-hmm. and i just write it down and then i'm good no do do a little bit of due diligence from a safety standpoint make yep. sure you you understand i mean the the errors that we're talking about that are acceptable based on these methods are, are in the matter of inches, not, you know, feet. Yep. So definitely keep an eye on, on say yeah. and start close and work your way out. You know, don't, you've never shot past a hundred. You have a good zeroed rifle. You understand your, you know, capabilities, your cone of fire or whatever. Don't go straight to 500. Yeah. You know, because your work chances. Work your way out. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Yep. And you could do this with anything. We talked about it. You know, we picked on the 270 here um, and not just to pick on the 270, but you've got the two twenty three, you know, with your AR mm-hmm. or your twenty two two fifty predator gun or your yacht eight six hunting rifle, your three oh eight hunting rifle, you could. It's fun to do with three seventy five H and .30-30. thirty thirty, yeah, thirty thirty
0: lever gun with iron sights, yeah, is a blast trying to shoot at three four. I think back. Yards. Uh,
1: uh, we have a two hundred yard gong at the, uh, the Grand Island Rifle Club here. Mm-hmm. Open sights with the eight and 629 revolver forty four Magnus, just yep. eating it up and. You know, it, those little things, uh, sight alignment, sight picture, really matter. And when you ring a piece of steel at 200 yards with open sight, it's pretty rewarding. Absolutely.
0: Yeah, pistol shooting um, longer range is a blast. Yeah, you know, you, rimfire. At, oh, yeah, rimfires, is a, a really good time. Um, but, yeah, take your, your 9, your 40, your 45 out and hold about, you know, 16 to 24 inches high at 100 yards. And when you hit a hundred yard target with your pistol, you're like, wow, that's pretty cool. Yeah, it
1: is pretty cool. Awesome. I mean, your
0: fundamentals better be pretty solid. You better not be hitting low left at uh, seven yards and then go to a hundred,
1: but yeah, that's still a good time. It is a good time. And hopefully the, the listeners out there, if you're not into that right now, go give it a shot. It can be as difficult or as simple as you want to make it. And again, you just need to align your capabilities with your expectations, with your equipment And get out there and have some fun.
0: Absolutely. Just be safe doing it.
1: Awesome. Uh, I don't have anything else to add. Jaden, you got anything else to add?
0: No, it's just a, a, it makes me smile. It's a throwback to kind of how I got started. And it's cool that there's still people doing that. Because I think having that foundation and then going to the app and then going to minutes or mills and then do a front focal plane and then do a precision rifle. Like that advancement, starting with that foundation, that baseline understanding of what's happening is, is, uh, Leaves you well-suited for success. Yeah,
1: builds a good foundation. Awesome. Well, well, thanks for sharing this, Jaden. I know not quite as technical as we normally get, but I think useful nonetheless. Absolutely. Guys, hopefully you enjoyed this podcast on long-range made easy. You know, hitting stuff far away can be very difficult, uh, and you have to have a lot of information done correctly, but you can take the equipment you have, you can take the resources that are available to you, you might be surprised with just how accurate you can be. Hope you enjoyed it. We'll catch you on the next one.